You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Sparky Radio, 1250 AM. The Fan, along with my guy Ryan Horvath. Uh, follow him at Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight. Trista Crick, Nick Ashu, uh, and uh, part of the BetQL Radio Network. The other night, Rieger, uh, our guy Ryan Horvath, a degenerate gambler that he is, was able to go through a name like every basketball league around the world without having anything in front of him. And it was um, kind of psychotic, to be honest with you, Horvat. It was kind of psychotic. Jeff Rieger joins us from 1981. Uh, are you betting on those leagues? You can so, follow him at Rieger 1984. Not anymore. I had to bet some crazy stuff during the pandemic. Uh, no, no, no. You know what, though? Last night, what a night, man. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. So really quickly on that, I didn't think there was a chance that he was, as of last night, like plus 300. I bet him a couple times this year. And everybody expected it was going to be the kid from New York that was going to be sixth man of the year. And so I didn't even watch the uh, watch the pregame show. And then our producer told me. So I won like $2,500 last nice. night. And I also have Embiid winning MVP. <laughs> so like, let's get this going, man. I hate how we're waiting on these awards now. I heard that they might like delay this now. Uh, Rookie of the year and MVP for like a week or two. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Wow. You no, know, I don't. I don't. I don't bet on those leagues. Rieger, I'm, I'm telling you right now, dude. Your advice, R- I lost Rieger, big you need money to get last off. night you- taking the Lightning to beat the uh, to beat the Leafs because the Leafs always choke in the first round. I lost yeah. that bet. Rieger, yeah. you got to follow Horvath, man. Dude, dude makes a lot of money. A lot of money. All right, uh, Rieger, got you on uh, because. Uh, the Lions can never have anything nice, can never be good. Uh, and it, it, here we go again, right? So the Lions are good. People are predicting the Lions to win the division. And, oh, here we go. Dan Campbell, he's the right guy for the job. They finally got somebody. Brad Holmes, the general manager, couple first-round picks, and we'll get into the draft. Everything is just shining and looking beautiful in the city of Detroit for the Lions. And then here comes the gambling story. On today. This is amazing. All right. So Jameson Williams, who was the first round pick last year out of Alabama, who they drafted hurt, uh, didn't right. play half the year or whatever. Uh, he gets suspended uh, six games along with wide receiver Stanley Berryhill uh, starting in week one this season. Then former Badger wide receiver Quintez Cephas and safety CJ Moore have been suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games, among other gambling violations. The Lions then released Cephas and safety C.J. Moore. And then Jamison Williams came out and said, hey, man, uh, so this is the deal. I uh, didn't bet on the NFL. I was betting on other activities, but apparently he must have been doing it on his phone or something on some online site from the Lions facility, which is apparently a no-no. I didn't know that. Apparently that is a no-no, and that's why he gets suspended six games 
instead of a year. Uh, Rieger, uh, your thoughts. So there's a couple things. First of all, the very underrated part of this story that nobody's talking about, C.J. Moore, special teams player, maybe one of the best special teams player in the league. They just extended him. Two-year oh. deal, four and a half million bucks. Oh. And now they have to cut him. So when he reapplies for reinstatement, whenever that's going to be, I don't know if he's going to be a lion or not, but they're going to miss his presence on the field. As far as J-Mo, man, he just can't buy a break. He had the bad ACL to begin with. Then he finally plays with the Lions, wasn't on the same page with the offense or Jared Goff. And then he liked or retweeted a tweet saying like Lamar Jackson to the Lions. And everybody looked into that like, whoa, he doesn't like Jared Goff, which is probably unfair of people to assume that. And now this and let's just get this out of the way. Yes, the NFL is in league with these in bed with these gambling sites. And yes, it seems kind of hypocritical that they're making so much money on these sites and then there's suspended guys for using these sites. And is it that really big of a deal if you're betting on non-NFL games, which it's not, but you know, the rules going in, they're educated on this stuff, right? So, you know, you can't bet on a team facility and you can't bet on a road trip, which is for team activity. So I don't know if you're allowed to like bet in the airport when you're going to Carolina for a football game. I don't know if you can bet in a hotel room, but you know the rules. The other thing, too, by the way, is let's say you go on the road and you want to lay a wager on a college football game or an NBA game or an NHL game. You got to sign up for a new app because these apps are run by each state. Oh, you can't use your Michigan app. In let's say New York, I didn't you know. gotta sign up for a new app. So it seems like kind of a pain in the butt to begin with the bet to begin with, but it's awful because they were counting on JMO to be a huge part of this offense, and now he's nowhere to be found for the first six weeks. He could come back to the team in week four, he can play in week seven, he can take part in every offseason activity, the OTAs, the mini camps, the preseason, whatnot. But uh, it's a big blow to the Lions, and you know, everything was going so well. And now the other shoe dropping and fans are freaking as they usually were but see the other part of this and i'm sorry to interrupt because i forgot to mention this you all got rid of a bunch of staff members in the building for gambling as well a couple weeks ago so that's the crazy thing that nobody's talking about you're right so a month ago they fired people from the business side and from the football side so this is almost like the entire organization is online gambling, which, by the way, it's not the biggest crime in the world. We all freaking do it. Like Horvath apparently is winning thousands of dollars, as he's told us, gambling. So what happened? <laughs> this is my career. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, don't, nobody begrudges that. I love online gambling. It's fantastic. You know, I get paid. I set aside 50 bucks to gamble. Then it's usually gone in two days because I don't follow you. Now I will. And there right. you go. But – but it's not a big deal, but you know the rules going in. These rules are set up for whatever reason, and you got to follow them. And now it's going to cost the Lions. So it, it's just so typical. Things were going so well. And well, now dreams yeah. are dashed. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, 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 and that's the thing, like with the Lions being the overwhelming favorites to go back to betting. But uh, so, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about was the staff members and kind of like where Dan Campbell falls in all this, because I love the Twitter jokes that he's running this underground gambling ring, which he's not. (laughs) I do find this funny. I also, so here's the thing really quickly that I have a problem with. I do, I have a major problem if players were betting on NFL games. I don't even think a year suspension is enough. Like, okay, Calvin Ridley, Everybody complained about it. I thought it made sense, even if he wasn't playing, because he wasn't playing because, 
Remember, he had to step away from the team, and then we find out he's betting on games. You shouldn't be able to bet on the league that you're in, but I really don't have a problem with these guys betting on the NBA, right? Like in the offseason, if – uh, you know, Jared Goff or, you know, anybody else, Jamal Williams want to go and, you know, bet a parlay. I don't really have a problem with that. The other thing I don't have a problem with, and it's funny, like if you talk with Leroy or some of these former players that played back in the early nineties, like Farvin, those guys would be, they would be like throwing bones in the locker room. They'd be playing dice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how a lot of guys grew up. I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? Like you're tossing a hundred, a couple hundred dollars. Is that like what's going on or with these staff members? Is this also sports betting? Like they discovered accounts. Do you know more information? Because my understanding is not a whole lot. Yeah. Well, my understanding is it's all the phone betting. It's all the online mobile device betting and you just can't do it in the facility. So what it sounds like is a bunch of people were wagering on different events and they get you with that geo tracking. They know exactly where you are the entire time. So when they launch a probe, and I guess they do this annually to see if there's any play, that's how they got Ridley to begin with. You remember Ridley was betting from an account that maybe wasn't his and they found out it was his or whatever the case was, but they, they know exactly where you are. And if you're in, Apparently, in Jameson Williams' situation, he was betting in the facility, we think, so they know exactly where he was when he laid the bet. It's against the rules. They suspend him for six games. I think it's that cut and dry. It's that simple. Yeah, no, and it really is, too. The the same thing with these these staffers. They even have that, like, you know, here in Washington, D.C., there's like a one-mile radius, a block radius, actually, only where you could bet. So, like, I'm here in Maryland. That's where I live. And I could bet. Like, I could just jump on my app. But then when I go to D.C., like you said, I have to switch, even with BetMGM, to my different account from Maryland to D.C. And they always know where I'm at. So if these guys really did want to gamble on games, the smart way to do it would be have your buddy set up an account, give them the money. right? And that's, you know, but here's the only thing, though. Like, I almost wish that, have they been, and I know the league has, like, tried to inform the players and, and, you know, kind of go through stuff like this. But a lot of these guys, man, let's be honest, like, for our company, we do these, we get these things like every other month. I'm taking online training. These guys probably blew right past that, probably thought, hey, I could bet the Lakers, something like that. And now they're in big trouble, losing their jobs or they're suspended. And that's what kind of sucks. Like, I get it, but I also don't get it. And then uh, really quickly, where does like Dan Campbell fall in all this? Does he have to take some blame or is it just, you know, he had nothing to do with it. He has so, no idea. So I don't think Dan Campbell has much to do with it because it's interesting. Yeah. Like the people here in Detroit, the media is pointing out like, oh, it's so hypocritical because when the Lions run out of their tunnel at Ford Field, the first thing they see is this massive bet MGM party yeah. suite where the fans can like <laughs> look out the window and see the Lions players run on the field. So you can't use the service if you're a player, but yet obviously they're paying big money to the Lions. So I understand how people are annoyed by the hypocrisy of it all, but it's the same thing. Like the, the, the NFL is in bed with alcohol companies. It doesn't give you the right to drink on the job, right? So yeah. you still got to follow the rules. And I agree with you. I got no problem with anybody laying down a bet. You just got to follow the rules, but you make a good point. Like we all go through online training through our companies, And most of it, we just try to get done with it because we're not paying attention. But in this instance, if you're not paying attention, it could cost you games or it could cost you your career. And that is a shame. Like in J-Mo's situation, the fact that he's betting on non-NFL games and he just happened to do it in a so-called perceived illegal spot, that totally seems weak. But there's so many laws in society that I think are weak. You can't break them. If you break them, you have to pay the cost. So 
Yeah. You got to know what's up. And there is this belief that JMO is immature to begin with. And this doesn't do anything to help that belief. Yeah. No. One last thing on the gambling thing really quickly is, I mean, it, I guess some of it makes sense. Like, you know, I have a buddy that works at Caesars and even though he has nothing to do with anything with the tables or with sports betting, he does marketing. He can't gamble at Caesars. So when I go to Vegas, we have to go to the Bellagio. We have to go to MGM and we have to gamble elsewhere. Like he can play tables, but he can't play there. So it kind like it's you know it's always something there, but yeah, this but doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Real quick though, you're right. The rules don't make a whole lot of sense, but they're not telling you you can't bet. Like you even yeah. said, you shouldn't bet on your own league, and I think we all agree with that. You shouldn't bet on the NFL, but they're not saying you can't bet on anything else. You, you want to play dice? You want to play blackjack? You want to play poker? You want to do whatever? Just don't do it in the facility, or don't do it on a travel trip for team reasons. I mean, the rules are pretty simple. So when you look at it like that, and maybe they didn't know it, but they are educated on it, so they don't even have that leg to stand on. So let's say JMO wants to appeal this, which I don't know if he's going to do or not, but he's not going to win it because the the laws, the rules, if you will, are taught to the players. So I, I just think they're giving you the out to gamble. You just can't. Like I know people that call games for a living. You can't bet on the sport that you're calling. I think that's stupid. But you can't do it. But you can bet on anything else. So, I mean, you just got to follow the rules, unfortunately. I mean, when I worked at Dairyland Dog Track, uh, calling Greyhound races for seven years, as a track announcer, I was deemed a state official. We couldn't gamble at any casino in the state of Wisconsin. Really? Period. Oneida, Potawatomi, Ho-Chunk, wherever. You can't. If you're a state official, a racing official, you couldn't gamble there. So, like, the judges couldn't. Nobody could. I mean, uh, I get it, right? Like, you yeah, don't want to be perceived to be in bed with anything unscrupulous, right? I mean, like, you don't want to be thought, you don't want anybody to question the integrity of whatever sport it is. And it's the one thing that without a doubt can bring sports down if automatically you think now it's wrestling, right? Right. So I totally understand it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so this is my next question in all of this. I'm going to stick with the gambling thing because I, I, I'm the king of kind of conspiracy theories and kind of thinking of how people can get around stuff. If you look around sports right now, you are seeing sports books getting put into stadiums uh, and into arenas. Yeah, They have one at the United Center in Chicago right now. They're going to eventually have one at Wrigley Field. They're going to have them in all these arenas and stadiums. So now tell me this. What is going to happen when a NFL player or a basketball player is on a bench or whatever, turns around to his buddy in the stands and they have a couple of signs worked out or, hey, man, if I turn around and run my shoulder, I mean, it's going to put 500 for me on, on us to win in the second quarter or whatever the case may be. How are you going to stop that from happening if people can literally walk up and bet throughout the game on the game that's going on? You're not going to stop it, but do you really care, though? Like, if you're the NFL and you know it's happening but you can't prove it's happening – is it that really big of a deal? You're, you can't stop it. I don't think you can stop it unless unless you somehow find out every player's associates and buddies and then find out when they made the bet. But there's no way. And then what? Use stadium cameras to focus on Jared Goff tipping off his buddy saying, right. make a wager right now because we're going to throw a touchdown pass or, or I'm going to throw a pick. There's no way you can stop it. I 100% agree with you. But – if you have the optics that you're doing everything possible to stop it, then I think you're good if you're the NFL. You know what I mean? So I think they're doing their part. They make it very, like, transparent. Like, these are who we busted. This is who we caught gambling. Six-game suspension if they bet on something other than the NFL. Year, at least a year suspension if they bid on the NFL. 
Anything other than that, I think we've covered our bases. Well, so the other why thing, right, Sparky? I just don't think they care about stopping stuff like that. The other thing, and I want to get to the draft here, and Rieger will yeah. start asking you draft questions here in a second. The other thing I just thought of: so these players get suspended a year, right? And now essentially, they the more and Sivas uh, get released by the Lions. Okay, but in a year, they can apply for re- uh, re- they can apply to like Kelvin Ridley did, yes, right. So then they'll be back in the league playing for somebody. These normal Joes that got fired by the Lions, right? What happens to them? Like, are they done? Are, are, as far as, because a lot of these people that work in professional sports stay in professional sports, right? If you work for the Lions, maybe you go from the Lions to the Tigers or the Pistons or the Red Wings, and you're moving around doing media relations or marketing or business because you love the sports thing. Are they now exiled out of sports completely when it's found out that they were suspended by the Detroit Lions for online gambling on their phone? So I think it's like double edge, right? Okay, so on one part, you're like, ooh, you're gambling and you can't and you're messing with the integrity of the game and how dare you. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, is it that really big of a deal? It's something legal. You just happen to do it on the premises when you should not have. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's like using the company internet for something that isn't company related. Could you be fired for that? Absolutely. Is that going to preclude you from getting another job? It probably should. So I don't think this is that big of a sin. You know, I I really don't. I think you're going to get caught up in it. Like, Like Ryan was saying, maybe they didn't fully understand the rules. Maybe they didn't pay attention when the training was going on online, but I don't know if it's going to stop you from getting another gig. I mean, if this is the only like bad part of your record, I don't think it's that big of a thing. I mean, what do you guys think at the end of the day, this is legal activity. Yeah, as long as they could play, I think there's this. I mean, Deshaun Watson. But he's talking about the staffers, though. He's talking about like the accountants that got fired, or or the marketing people that got fired. Oh yeah, yeah. But as far as the yeah, that might be, man. Yeah, I would assume they'd be all right. I don't know though. Actually, that might be a good question. I, just I don't think another pro fired. I, mean, I don't think another pro team hires him. Well, could you imagine if you didn't know the rules, like you weren't paying attention with the training, if you didn't properly get educated, and then you do it thinking, oh, I can bet on. I can bet on Wimbledon. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And you lay a bet while you're sitting in your cubicle at 222 Republic yep. Drive, where the Lions uh, organization is, and you get fired for that. That's tough. I mean, I lay bets at work all the time. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Moving We're to the NFL to. draft. Thank God. Uh, Thursday, because, man, like I'm just ready for the draft to get here because this stuff's getting ridiculous. Uh what do you think the Lions do at six? I saw the ringer did a mock, which, you know, we're all waiting, obviously, for like Daniel Jeremiah's last one. But I saw they had him, uh, the Lions taking Witherspoon out of Illinois, the DB, which I guess I kind of like now that they've moved down from Okuda. What do you think they do uh, with that pick? Do you think they move back? Do you think they try to move up, take a quarterback? What do you think they do? I think in a perfect world, they would love to trade up with the Cardinals and get Will Anderson. I think every Lions fan would go crazy. He's the prototypical pick, and he does everything well. He's a great guy, and you put him on the other end of Aiden Hutchinson, and you're looking at just an unbelievable defensive line that has depth as well. But if you can't straight up or if the cost is too high, I think you're probably looking at Tyree Wilson, another defensive line. I mean, Jalen Carter is visited with the Lions. They use one of their top 30 uh, visits with him. Brad Holmes just yesterday was talking about the visit and said, yeah, it kind of went better than I thought it would. I don't know if they take him or not. I am against the cornerback. 
I just think a cornerback at six yeah. is silly. Now, yeah, you're right. They got rid of Akuda, but at the same time, they really helped themselves in the secondary in the offseason with free agency. They signed three guys. Now, two of those guys to a one-year deal. Then they got Cam Sutton, one of the best corners in the game, for a three-year deal. So I would not draft a cornerback just because I think corners take a long time to kind of like come into their own. Mm -hmm. And I also think if you're looking at six for a win-now pick and everybody thinks the Lions can win-now, I'm not taking a corner. Now, what I would do, and everybody kills me for this, in Detroit I'm hated. Now I'm just hated not for this, I guess, but I'm hated for this opinion. I would draft a quarterback at six, or I would even straight up to get my quarterback at three. Like they seem to be in love with Anthony Richardson. They met with him at the combine. He blew him out of the water with his interview. They really like him. Sparky's shaking his head, but I would take a quarterback. If that quarterback is who Brad Holmes loves, because I'm not paying Jared Goff. I'm not paying Jared Goff in two years after Jalen hurts got his deal. Joe Burrow's going to get his deal. Uh, Herbert's going to get his deal to sign a guy like Jared Goff in this offense, where I think the offense benefits Goff. I don't think it's the other way around. I think you can find a lot of cheaper guys to play in this system. I, yeah. I am not re-signing Jared Goff. So you got to get your quarterback and next year it'd be way too expensive to trade up for your quarterback. So I'm taking a quarterback this year. I don't think that's the way they go. I think they probably settled defensive line when it's all said and done. Let's talk about C.J. Stroud, shall Let's we? Let's talk about C.J. Stroud. Because C.J. Stroud is a guy that everybody thought was going to to the Texans, and now there's all this smoke going around that the Texans aren't going to take a quarterback, and that maybe they'll go uh, Anderson like you want the Lions to trade up and get a number two. Uh, and now all this stuff is coming out on Stroud. Well, he blew off the Manning camp. Uh, and then Ryan Clark runs to his defense on social media and says, wait a second, wait a second. He decided to work out with his Ohio State teammates instead going into his last year. Like, let's not overblow this because Brady Quinn was killing him. And then Brady Quinn and Ryan Clark are going back and forth on social media at each other right. about this whole thing. And Clark's like, I talked to CJ. You didn't. Da, 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 da. Okay, fine. Then there's <laughs> this new aptitude test I never heard of in my life. SP2 or whatever the hell it's called. Cognitive uh, that test, Sparky. It, it tells you how good you are at cognitive skills. Decision making in the moment. Rieger, I could talk to you for five seconds and tell you how good you are. I don't need a test to tell me how good somebody is. Watch the tape. Like, did you, if we've watched Ohio State at any point, did you go, yeah, that dude's kind of an idiot. Like, I don't think this is going to work. Hell no. I watched the tape. He could play, man. He could play at a high, high level. I don't give a damn about what some test, what some test says. He's going to be one or the other. Then I love, I love the people are going, Bob McGinn. Uh, on Golog TD does this thing every year and it's a great piece and he has all these different opinions from all these anonymous scouts and executives or whatever else and they're like oh he got an 18 or whatever there's no way I'd, I'd ever take him and furthermore what Ohio State quarterback has ever been good in the NFL so that's another reason why he's never taken him. What, he hasn't well we, we will see on Justin Fields we'll see we don't know if he's a good football. We don't know if he's a good quarterback, but we know he's a damn good football player. Yeah, he can run. Yeah, he's very good at running. So right. but now the, the thing now is going to be is if Stroud is there at six, and I had a Packer fan ask if Stroud was there at 15, I'll ask Horvath that question after you answer yours. Do you take Stroud at six if he's sitting there? Yes, if Brad Holmes loves him. No, you, Rieger. You. Do, do I? Yes, I do, because I love him as well. Now, I agree with the cognitive test that you speak of. Big deal. You Stupid. can find a way to slander a kid, and you can also find a way to prop up a kid. And it's all what you decide to do and what stat you decide to quote. As for all the positive stats, there's negative stats as well. Nobody's perfect. So, yes, absolutely, because I 
I think you should take a quarterback if you're the Lions because, again, I'm not re-signing Jared Goff. So absolutely 100%. Will the Lions do it? I, I don't think so. Hey, actually, Jeff, I want to ask a follow-up on that. So, Because um, you brought up, you know, Brad Holmes has to be in love with this quarterback. Do you do, Would this concern you at all, drafting a quarterback, having him learn the Ben Johnson offense, and then Ben Johnson, though, getting a head coaching gig? No, I don't think so, just because I, Dan Campbell's an offensive guy. Right. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, the Lions opened up the bag to keep Ben Johnson here in Detroit. Sheila Ford, the owner, said, listen, you're not going anywhere. And we're going to make sure that you stick around. So they gave him a lot of money. So I got to believe he'll be gone next year. If things go well, he'll get a head coaching job, I would assume. But I, I do think just, you know, it rolls on. I think Dan Campbell will find another offensive coordinator that will keep that offense rolling. So I'm not going to go too crazy over that. Rieger, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure you got to run. Follow him on Twitter at Rieger1984 of 97.1 The Ticket in Detroit. Him and Wojo do a great job weeknights. Rieger, thanks so much, my friend. Guys, always good to talk to you. Have a good one. Absolutely. Take care. There he is, uh, Jeff Rieger, joining us uh, from 97.1 The Ticket. And always, always uh, a good time having him on. All right, so now let's uh, talk uh, about Stroud. If Stroud is there at 15, Ryan Horvat, and you're the Packers, what now? Man, like, I mean, your little thing on the YouTube video says CJ Stroud, number one fan. So now he's there at 15, but you also like use of me, John Robinson. So let's say you Robinson's gone to Philly, so he's not on the board. I mean, what would I do if I'm the general manager? I would take CJ Stroud if he slipped to 15 because I think he's going to be really good. This test scares me a little bit, but like just today, I watched the uh JT O'Sullivan. Uh, QB school. I think he does a great job. I'll even give him a he shout out. Awful QB quarterback school. in the NFL. So that's good. I'm glad he does something well. Well, you should watch these videos. They're tremendous. He does a really good job with these. Um, those who cannot do teach, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, like he's got a lot of really good examples of the decision making of CJ Stroud because he throws a beautiful ball. He's six foot three. He's everything you want in your quarterback. Yeah. And also, like, the decision-making's there, though. Like, he shows an example of a zero off coverage, so he sees the outside blitz. And granted, the slot wide receiver's wide open because it's a wide-open offense at Ohio State. That's the knock on Stroud. Stroud reads the blitz right away, gets rid of the ball quickly, throws a dime, first down. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I've seen him make these decisions very quickly. Granted, in a very good Ryan Day offense, granted – you know, he plays at Ohio State. It's all five-star wide receivers. They're always open, and let's look at the competition. Like, let's look at the DBs, the Midwestern kids that he's facing. But then, dude, I saw him do it. So, Hold no, on, it's, don't go to a premier program because you're going to get downgraded if you play at Alabama, yep. Georgia, Ohio State. Come this on. Is my problem. This is my problem, and I actually brought up the receipts because the last guy I felt like this about that everybody was down on and kept saying system quarterback when has an Oregon quarterback ever panned right. out with Justin Herbert? And I brought out the receipts a couple months ago because I loved him. And I was like, here's what translates. I've seen the decision-making. I've seen the big arm. I've seen how athletic he is. That's the other thing about C.J. Stroud. It's just there's always a knock on this poor kid, man. It was that he's not athletic enough or he, he doesn't use his legs enough. Against Georgia, against an NFL defense, he was good enough to win that game. They should have won that game. And you could bring up all the talent he had at wide receiver, man, but Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't even play last year, barely. 
And Marvin Harrison got hurt in the national championship game or the college football playoff game, the semi game, or they win that game because Georgia did not have an answer. Ringo wasn't covering him. So, yes, I would take C.J. Stroud, but I think that this is all smoke. Somebody really wants C.J. Stroud or somebody really has something against C.J. Stroud because it's just funny that, like, it just it, there's stuff that continues to come out against him. And I've, I've been watching him, and I've seen him play, and uh, I think he's going to be really good. So I would take him, but I don't think they will because I think they believe in Jordan Love. That would be crazy stuff. Jordan, because again, the one that we don't know is we don't know what they're going to do with that fifth year option. They're going to pay him $20 million for next year and he hasn't played this year. Is that what you're going to do? What I, do you, again, we don't know. What do you think you have to see from Jordan Love to get him to give him 20 million next year? You better have saw something in order to tell Aaron Rodgers to go find a trade. You better have found something because if you did it, if you're not that confident in picking up his fifth year option, then maybe you shouldn't have told Aaron Rodgers to go find himself a trade. Like maybe we shouldn't have gotten to this point. If see, this is my I told you before. I'm gonna say it again. They should have extended that dude love for two or three years. Let Rodgers play one more year with the notion that this is it. This is the last year you're going to retire after this year and we're done and we're moving on. And Jordan loves our quarterback. We're giving him a three-year extension. That fifth year number comes down right from 20 million to whatever it is. And then the next two years after that go up because Rogers yeah. will be long gone by that point. And you yeah. move on. Now you don't have a Rogers trade done still. And yet he's still on the damn roster. You have a decision to make on Jordan love yeah. and Everybody going into this draft expects you to draft at least one quarterback in this year's draft at some point. Now, is it going to be second round like they did with Brian Brom with Rodgers? Are you going to go in the second round? Are you going to wait to the, the fifth, sixth, seventh round to draft a quarterback? How long are you going to wait? Here, here is a mock draft from CBS Sports. And I, I want to see, Horvat, your thoughts on how this whole thing plays out. Who 15. wrote it so I can crush him? I'm just kidding. I don't think you'll crush him. I, I think for the most part, it's a, I think you'll like it. Josh Edwards. I, I don't know who that is, uh, but, but here we go. So at 15, okay. he has them taking JSN from Ohio state. I'm fine with that. And he points out the draft before Aaron Rodgers okay. became the starter. The Packers like their wide receiver, Jordy Nelson in the second round and Jermichael Finley in the third round, a similar strategy could play out this year to where they go get him help. Now this is where I think he's crazy. I hope he's right, but I think he's nuts. He's got Michael Mayer from Notre Dame falling all the way to 45 to the Packers. He's got Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC, falling to the Falcons at 44. He's that got will... Laporta going 46 to the Patriots. Jalen Hyatt going 48 to the Lions. No. But if you take JSN, you're not taking Jalen Hyatt, right? No. You're not going to go back to wide receiver. And but I know if that... Mayer or Laporta are there in the second round and you have JSN, I think that's a dream come true. Yeah, Mayor's not going to be there in the second round. Laporta him, might be. Him and oh, he'll be there for sure. Well, not for sure, but most likely because Kincaid and Mayor going off the board in the first round. I would love for that to be the case, though. I could see, see, I could see Jordan Addison as much as I like Jordan Addison. I think he could drop in the draft because he's small and he's not any slow. You know what I mean? Like if you're five ten, five nine. 176 pounds, you better run a 4344 and beat John Jackson. And he just doesn't have that speed. So I could see him dipping in this draft. I just can't see Michael Mayer, man, because it's like, look at this league now. Everybody wants a Travis Kelsey, a Rob Gronkowski. See, I want 
the tight end more than I want Smith and the Jigba, but I'd be completely fine with that. I think he's the most for sure receiver. I know that they love Hyatt. It's just like we know what the Packers like, though. They like big, tall, wide receivers that are burners. You know what I mean? Like they like the 6'2", 6'3", guys, not these smaller guys. I don't know that Hyatt falls, though, because even though he does like – that's the thing about this wide receiver class. You know, there's not the Justin Jefferson. There's not the even the T. Higgins, but all these guys could like fill a role, you know? I don't think any of them are going to be Hall of Famers, but they're going to be really good players. I think Smith and Jigba is probably uh, the most like can't miss and the most ready to fill in or start week one. Provided he can be healthy. Right. Uh, Jordan Battle, safety from Alabama in the third round to the Packers. I'd like that, actually. I know he's slow as hell, but I mean, they need a safety. It's interesting. He's got Jonathan Mingo still there when the Packers pick the wide receiver from Ole Miss. He's got Oski, hey. the edge from Notre Dame, still there when the Packers pick uh, at that point. Eli Ricks, the corner from Alabama, is still there when the Packers make that pick. Shoemaker, the tight end from Michigan, is still on the board when he makes that pick as well. Really quick, you said something interesting. So you said, like, uh, they should have just taken care of Jordan Love and re-upped him for two years, and I agree with that. But at the same time, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, this is why they never should have drafted Jordan Love in the first place, man. Because now, like, he's old. And now it's time to evaluate him. And he's been sitting on the bench for years. If you were going to do this whole song and dance, what they should have done, like, even after that year, they were still stuck with Rodgers for a guaranteed at least two years, right? I mean, maybe they could have traded him. Right. So Jordan Love was always sitting at least two years. That's not today's NFL, man. At most, I want him sitting one year. It would have been so perfect to get your guy last year or this year if you didn't completely botch this whole thing with Rodgers for this to be his send-off season. And then look at all the possibilities that you have at 15 or even in the second round, man. Then you have Hendon Hooker. And he doesn't and he could rehab, he could learn the offense, and I'm with you. I think he's going to be pretty good, man. Then maybe Will Levis or Anthony Richardson drop. I don't necessarily love either. I'd take Levis over Richardson or you could get my guy Jake Hayner, who I know he's funny that you bring that up in the CBS sports mock draft. They have the Packers taking him in the seventh round. Hayner falls to the seventh round, but the Packers, dude, spark. That'd be so great. Him, him as the backup, because I think when it's all said and done, he can be better than Jordan love. And that's not a knock on Jordan love. I love Jake Hayner. He's just small. I love Bryce young. He's just small. But if you watch their tape, it's, I mean, those guys are really good college quarterbacks. I think Bryce is going to be awesome. I couldn't, I think a good comp for Bryce Young, you know, I've heard Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. I think the best comp I've heard is Steph Curry for Bryce Young because he's so fun. We know he's small, but he could, like, change the way that this – Steph Curry transformed the game. Well, maybe Bryce Bryce will change the game for smaller quarterbacks. You know, because, like, let's look at it like this. The small quarterbacks that usually don't work out – are usually running quarterbacks. You know what I mean? It's like Johnny Manziel. Even Russell Wilson, when he came into the league, right. we thought he was going to be a mobile running quarterback. He was. Uh, Kyler Murray. And then what happens? Kyler Murray always gets off to a really nice start. A couple years ago, they were 7-0, and and he was the favorite to win MVP. He gets hurt. He can't move out of the pocket. And then you got a little man dropping back with these big, tall 6-3, 6-4 defensive ends, you know, batting the balls down. He can't see over the line of scrimmage. Bryce is different, though, because Bryce doesn't have to beat you with his legs. He's not going to be, like, taking unnecessary hits and whatnot. At Alabama, he didn't have a very good offensive line compared to what they usually have. And also, like, let's not use the, hey, he went to Alabama. That's why he put up these numbers. That was probably the worst wide receiver room in Alabama in the last 10 years, man. Their best receiver was probably, to be honest with you, uh, Gibbs, who's a running back. So 
I think he's going to be the real deal. I think he's going to be good, even though he's small. I think C.J. Stroud's going to be the real deal, even though he tested at 18 or whatever it is. The other guys, I have no clue, but I will say Jake Hayner will have a 9-10 year NFL career, even if it's just as a backup. He'll be like a Colt McCoy. When he does play, he'll run the offense. He'll run it well. He's awesome. Hey, I got something else to tell everybody. Packer fans, Odyssey is doing something special for this NFL draft. Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockwood for hosting the 2023 Odyssey Draft Show. Join them on the first night of the draft as they talk with local experts from Odyssey podcasts across the country. And I myself will be joining them to give instant reaction analysis after the Packers make their pick. Leading up to the draft, check out Baldy's podcast in the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns. The draft show starts coming up this Thursday, April 27th at 6 Central. Listen on the free Odyssey app and watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Yeah, management got an earful from me on that one, by the way. You were mad? Why are you guys competing with me on draft night? It's my one night of the year. And you guys are, I got Brian Baldinger going against me and you and, <laughs> and Lock and Fora. And I got a shoe in Trista, and, and, and <laughs> what are we going to be breaking? Walking floor is literally on making texts, making calls. Balding knows everybody in the league. Yep. What do I have to offer these people, damn it? You Ugh. have gambling advice on who's going next. That's what they said. And I said, all the numbers will be gone by then. I'm just kidding, though. I'll, be, I'll check out the podcast. It's like, I can't even tell you I'll listen live. I'm literally on the air with the same company at the same time. Same company, same time. I do have an announcement about our podcast. We are going to have a special guest on the podcast next week. I don't have the day locked in yet. Jordan Love. But making his debut on Curtin Log next week will be Bart Winkler, I'll oh, be joining Ryan Horvat and myself next week on this podcast. Good. We've been going at it back and forth. He thought that I was like not mad or he thought I was like not friends with him or mad at him over the Aaron Rodgers thing. It's gotten pretty personal between me and Winkler. So that'll be a good episode. Yeah, it should be fun uh, to see what Bart thinks. And then, of course, the draft's next Thursday. So lots of draft stuff going up to the draft next Thursday. And I'm really going to lean into Ryan. Uh, next week on this podcast for gambling advice. So maybe a little bit more gambling centric a little bit as far as who he likes and different picks and get some Ryan Horvath advice like you would if uh, you follow along with Bet MGM tonight. And for, by the way, for those of you locally in the Milwaukee area or whatever else, if you want to check out uh, Horvath's show, Bet MGM tonight, it's on the score in Chicago uh, weeknights when they don't have the Cubs on or whatever. They run yeah. Bet MGM tonight. I was listening to him uh, the other night on the score. So uh, very, very entertaining. I, I will just say this about that show. If I were the Sacramento Kings, I would never, ever let Trista Crick anywhere near my stadium ever again. Like, she'd be banned. Like, never, ever, ever. You can't play both sides of this. Oh, the Kings. And then as soon as you leave the stadium, my warrior, she's tweeting last night oh, again. No, no, no. Dude, the hell the with you. Stay out of that stadium. Then go to San Francisco. Go watch your warriors there on behalf of King Nation. Get out of here. I'll defend yeah. her on this really that quickly. That game was bad enough. I got to see her tweeting about her Warriors. I'll defend her, and then I'll give the people two two, uh, two really quick bets that I'm trying to make, and if anybody out there could find them, good for them. She hates the Warriors. She's the ultimate mush. Remember that Suns and Four video for the Bucks? She knows oh, yeah. her power, so she tries to mush them. But in trying to mush them last year, she won them a championship. So I do actually agree with that, though. I'm trying to find Spark two bets that I can't find right now. I want to go Anthony Richardson over pick four and a half, pick five and a half. I don't care. He's slipping out of the top five. I think he slips out of the top 10. 
And I want to go Will Levis under four and a half or under three and a half. <sighs> there's truth to this, man. I think he ends up going number two or number three and goes over CJ Stroud. That's I great because I don't want him in Indianapolis. So perfect. Who do you go want? To Houston, that would be wonderful. Oh, I think you guys are going to get, I think the Colts might end up with CJ Stroud. If that's who I want. That's who I've wanted the whole time. I told you that's who I wanted. Or you're going to get Will Levis, which no. I'll say this though. Hold no, on. No, no. I would be happier with Levis than Richardson. I heard Stacy Dales. I actually don't know if that's true. Stacy Dales was on, it must have been the score a couple weeks back. And she was talking about these different quarterbacks covering him at the draft. And her description of Will Levis, I was done. I was listening to this. I was like, no, I'm out. No, I don't want him near my organization. Like, I have no interest whatsoever. She was just talking about how kind of pretty much, I don't know if she said cocky or condescending or what his deal was. Um, and she was not very pleased with Will Levis at all about how, how he carried himself one way or the other. I don't think I, I know. Cause first no. of all, he's not good enough to do that. Like okay, fine. Mr. Interception. That, that's not, that's, that's not your thing at this point. You're not, you're Fair. not Manning, right? Your last I, name's I, not Manning. Oh, well, I was going to cut you off and I was going to say, well, I kind of like my quarterbacks like cocky and confident because let's look at, hold on. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow, what do those guys all have in common? They think that they're the greatest thing ever to happen to this planet. Yeah, but I guess I don't ever think – I don't know if I've ever heard of interactions with media members talking about guys like that. Well, no, they're all really good with the media. Like, they're all lovable dudes, and they're all really good looking. So, Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. But I, I heard well, talk about looking. him, and at that point, I was done. I was like, I don't think he's that good anyhow, and now I heard this description of him. Now I really don't want to deal with him kind yeah, of going but- forward. Really quick, can't you see him being Josh Allen? Maybe. Maybe. And wouldn't you be happy with Josh Allen? Much happier than digging up the corpse of some other quarterback as you guys have done the last five years? I want CJ Stroud. I just feel so bad because Andrew Luck was going to win a couple Super Bowls for you guys. If you Maybe. Guys. He was a he, – he reminded me a lot of Manning, a lot of choking things with Andrew Luck, a lot of – Dumb no decisions in big moments. And he was supposed to be the smart guy coming from Stanford. And he never really played like the smart guy from Stanford. I mean, again, they would have been a hell of a lot better than they have been the last five years with Andrew Luck. That I'll give you, right? Better than with Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, all this. Yes, they would have been in a much, much better position. What I'm concerned about and what I've been reading is, is that there's some pressure that they, that Ursay wants to win sooner rather than later. And that... If it's between Levis and Richardson, it's going to be, well, Levis, because he gives him a better chance to win sooner. Richardson's more of a project. But at the end of the day, if you're an owner of a team, you should be telling your guy to draft the guy with the biggest upside that you think has the most potential to be a superstar. That's how you should be looking at this, I would think, going forward. But either way, if Stroud goes to Indianapolis, I'm getting a jersey immediately. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'll be yeah. with you. Man. Wherever right. he goes, wherever he goes. But let's hope maybe uh, that topic, let's hope that that comes true and maybe he ends up in Green Bay. He could back up Love. No, love, love Actually, Love could back him up for a couple of years. See, now you're just poking at Packer fans. Love's really, Love's really good at holding a clipboard. Oh, uh, See? Packer yeah. fans. Packer I, fan. saw, I thought you said you you Before told me go. I don't hate Jordan Love. I'm not rooting against Jordan Love. And then you dropped the he's good at holding a clipboard line. Packer fans, quick reminder before we go. Last thing for me today. Quick reminder before you draft, before draft night, before you get your wings and your pizza. Just remember, your general manager drafted Josh Jackson. He drafted Jamon Moore. Don't get your hopes up. Jackson Smith the Jigba will not be a Packer. It's going to be somebody that you've never heard of ever. 
or somebody from Georgia. You drafted Jair Alexander? He's drafted good players? Come on now. Let's be nice. Was Jair good last year? That offensive line has looked pretty good to me, too. Elton Jenkins looks like he's been a pretty good player. Right? Last year. Come on. Well, he was coming off of injury. But you know. I'm saying both of those guys that you threw at me, like, are coming off their worst. He's drafted really good players. Quay Walker looks like he's going to be a beast. Yeah, when he's fighting trainers, that's the most I see out of him. Whatever. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Goody's done a fine job. Get it done. Get my Jets their quarterback, Goot. Damn it. I don't think he's going to the Jets. We'll see. Uh, he is Ryan Horvath. I am Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful day. Kurt along. That's another edition. Toodle.